Hey y'all, this is Mallory Irvin and it's time for all of us to live fully. It's so important in this crazy world of ours that we stay connected, inspired, and motivated to be and do our best. And that's not always easy. I'm here with my guests and friends to share the stories and lessons we've learned to help you live your best life every day and truly begin living fully. Let's make it happen and get started with today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Living Fully. I could not be more excited about the guest that is sitting at the table with me today. This is my friend, Ashley Lemieux, and you want to talk about a light and someone that is truly a light through the darkness, a light in general, a light across every single medium that she shows up on. It's this girl, and I'm really grateful to to call her a friend. So, Hello, Ashley. Hey, Mallory. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. And just to give you a little backstory on Ashley and I, it's amazing when you live in a city where people support other people and where like-minded people kind of find each other. And we kind of just found each other. We just became friends. And Ashley is a speaker, a new author, a founder of The Shine Project, which is this just amazing thing and just a thought leader in every space that is light and good. And what I love about Ashley and what we're going to talk about today on the podcast is, you know, this whole podcast is about living fully and what it takes, you know, to live your best life. And a lot of people don't want to talk about darkness and the hard times. And I think, I mean, we know to live in the light, you have got to face those dark times take from them the things that you're supposed to take from them when your life doesn't turn out the way that you thought it was going to and move forward. And you have such amazing advice and wisdom and tools on that. And can I tell them about the book? Oh, yeah. Okay. And this is my, then my spiel is over and then you can hear Ashley talk. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like a proud mom today because really, I mean, It's just pretty amazing. So one of the greatest honors that I have had of late is being able to be one of the people to write the advance in Born to Shine. It was really, truly amazing. I got to read some of the chapters from this book, and I say it in my advance, but I truly, I have never, ever, ever in my life, and I listen to probably three books a week, I have never been so... I've never seen a book capture such like despair and heartbreak, but also shine and and motivate and inspire and, and make me feel good at the same time. And that's pretty amazing that you were able to do that in this book. Thank you. I cried. I cried the whole time I read. I don't cry when I read books. Sometimes I cry when I listen to things or watch things, but I don't shed tears when I read books. I shed tears when I read this, and it's really special, and I can't wait till... The first week of October. I know, me too. It's crazy. (laughs) It's coming up. (laughs) And you're doing these book tours and everything, and it's just amazing. But, okay, I I just want to jump in and, you know, Ashley's message, and we're just going to go very just general here from the very start. A big part of Ashley's message that I love, like I said, is just this whole notion that you can live through the darkness and the dark times when life doesn't turn out like you think it's going to. Could you share just a brief, a little bit about your story 
and just talk a little bit about that first. Absolutely. You know, becoming an expert on how to shine through the darkness is not one of those things that you (laughs) dream of, you know, when you're little and people ask you, what are you going to do when you get older? It never was. Well, I'm going to go through some really hard things (laughs) and feel really buried alive and I'm going to learn how to get through it. So now I feel like it's my privilege to be able to share and talk about the things that I've learned because of these unexpected pain points that have happened in my life. But what really was the tipping point for myself and my husband on being thrown into this world that we didn't want to be a part of, which was a world of pain and grief and and despair. And, and I want whoever's listening right now to understand too that when I talk about pain today, I'm not talking about what it feels like when someone pinches you on the arm or you stub your toe or just these little things that maybe are annoyances in your life. I want you to understand that I know the depths of pain, the type of pain that literally drops you to your knees and makes you wonder if you're going to be able to stand back up or if you even want to stand back up again. And I know that there's probably a lot of people listening who might be in that season right now. So I just I just want you to know that I get it. And my husband and I became guardians to two children overnight, unexpectedly. And when we met them, they were three and four. But by the time they came to live with us, our kids were four and six. And we raised them for over half of their lives. So for the next four years, we were, in every sense of the word, a family, mom and dad. They were writing our last name on their papers, just, you know, how you are with your children. That's, we're just a a functioning family. And all of us had no reason to believe that forever and always we weren't going to be together. So during the final steps of the adoption process, we encountered an unexpected contestant adoption. And we were drugged through the mud in court for almost two years. It was the most horrific experience that I've ever had, which we can say for another day. But living in the fear of losing our kids made me so sick. And like physically I was I was so sick. I remember you saying that in the book. And the amount of anxiety that just was tormenting me every single day and then watching my kids be drugged through it because there was a point where they had to get involved and, and be interviewed all the time and we'd get checked on and it was it was truly horrific. But the whole time we were going through it, as bad as it got, and it got really bad, in the back of my mind was this hope that, you know what, this is just the trial of our faith. After this is all over, it's going to be worth it because we're going to have our kids. We're going to be safe. The adoption's going to be finalized and we can all just move on in our lives, right? So no matter how bad it got, that was still in the background of, but it's going to be okay because why wouldn't it? There, I couldn't comprehend it not being okay. So I was out of town for work and I had stopped traveling for the Shine Project, my company, during the court time, but there was just this really, our biggest trade show of the year was happening and kind of as an act of rebellion, I was like, I can't let this ruin our lives anymore. We got to keep living. I'm going to go to this trade show. And the kids and Mike took me to the airport 
and my little girl kept telling me, when they dropped me off, both of the kids were crying, and my little girl kept telling me, Mommy, I just I just feel like I'm not going to see you again for a long time. Why do I feel like I'm not going to see you? And that picture of, of her telling me that has been engraved in my mind every day since. And I kept promising the kids we'd be back in three days. And I'd FaceTime them every night. And while I was gone, there was an unexpected court hearing called that I was assured it was just, it was fine because we had our long trial that was supposed to be happening the month later. I got a call from my husband when I was across the country for that trip that they were sending the kids home. Or not home, they were sending the kids back wow. away. And that we weren't allowed to tell them what was going on and they were not giving me time to come home. So I remember sitting across the country alone in my hotel room writing my kids goodbye letters that a state worker was going to give to them. And I just remember thinking, how could, how is this my life? Like, first of all, how does another human being expected another human being to write goodbye letters to their children? And second is how, how do I do this? And that, um, that destroyed us for a long time. I FaceTimed the kids for the last time. I couldn't tell them what was going on, but I had to say my goodbyes. And I made that last FaceTime with them quick because I wanted them to have a good memory of me, not one that was, you know, in chaos. And, and that's when just hell felt like it took over our life. And the next morning, my husband had to drop them off at school like nothing was wrong. And they were picked up by state workers. And that was the last time we saw we saw them. And so coming out, coming out of that moment for a long time felt like we were just buried. Like I, <laughs> I, I had so many therapists, I can't even tell you, but, <laughs> but something that I would always tell my, my one and it made her really worried. <laughs> so I went in there often, <laughs> but I would tell her, I said, you know, I don't want to die. Like I'm not going to hurt myself, but I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. I don't, I don't want any of this. And so what do you do? What do you do when you don't want any part of your life because it's too painful and too hard? What do you do? Yeah. And that's where I started to discover how you can shine in darkness. Whew. I mean, wow. Wow to, wow to your story. Because just to go back to the beginning of it, you were not seeking to be foster parents. Right. And we weren't foster parents. Yeah. You literally, this fell out of the sky. And, you know, it's crazy because people don't even know that that can fall out of the sky like that. It fell out of the sky. So how in the heck can you not think, well, thank you, Jesus. This was meant to be. Right. You know? So you think, of course, everything's going to be great because I now, at 20-something, have, have decided to have decided to take on this, not battle, but, but wow. I mean, change your life forever. Yeah. And take on this selfless role of being a mom over truly overnight. overnight. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people, especially these days, they're halted by injustice. Well, you know what? 
the world isn't fair. And you know what? Like this happened to me. It, and it's not fair. It is not fair what happened to you. It is, it's terrible. Because you think when you do good in the world and when you are selfless and you do the right thing, you think good things are going to happen. Well, and you think other people have the same heart as you do. Right. Because you know, know your intentions. Right. And, and sometimes bad things, sometimes devastating, heartbreaking, make, make you want to not live another day, things happen in the life of this young, vibrant person that was just, you know, looking to change the world. Like you started the Shine Project in college when you were in Phoenix. Yeah. You, you saw all these kids that didn't have the things that they needed to, to even have a chance in the world. And you had no money or nothing at all. And you, you've just been giving your whole life. I mean, that's your story. And you just think, well, of course, everything's going to end up. What you were just saying, you know, I think that's what a lot of people think. You kept thinking that. Well, that was your hope. Your hope was this outcome. So how can you have hope when you're holding both outcomes? When you're holding the outcome of, you know what? Maybe this is actually going to be the worst thing that ever happens to me in my entire life. Maybe my family member is going to die from this disease. Maybe my kids will get taken away. Maybe I don't get this job. Maybe my husband leaves me. Maybe all of the terrible things that happen to people. How in the heck do you hold that hope and that light? Everything about you just says light. How in the world do you have light when you're holding both of those options? Because you had to hold the other one. The other one got forced on you. Yeah, it was forced on me. And it took me a while to to figure out how you do that. I have learned, though, that pain and suffering are two different things. And a lot of times when tragedy happens or when things come into our lives that are unplanned, we intertwine the two. We feel the pain of it, and we also feel the suffering of it, and we allow it to overtake everything. And we, we start associating pain that it's this terrible thing in our lives. Yeah. What I have learned about pain is that it actually, I call it her. I, I think pain's a woman. <laughs> okay. So I say that if we can allow her in and invite her in instead of trying to run away from her and ask her what it is that she needs to teach us, then we can drop the suffering away. We can feel pain that we're, we're learning from, and we're going to feel it. I'm not I'm not saying this is going to make everything just feel okay. No, it's going to hurt really bad. I'd say a bad word, but I don't want you to have to edit it out. It's going <laughs> to, but it's going to hurt, right? But if we can learn from that, drop the suffering, and I realized that once I could drop the suffering, that joy came in instead. So it is possible to feel pain and joy. At the same time. Wow. And that's where you start being able to shine again, no matter how dark wow. it comes. Not because the pain is gone, but because the suffering is and because you're able to learn and experience joy together. I will always miss my children on a level that aches so badly, I don't even know what to do. That will be here for the rest of my life. But I got to a point where I looked at myself in the mirror and I saw this lifeless person staring back at me. Yeah. I honestly, I didn't even look this. It was like you took, someone took a vacuum and just vacuumed everything out that was inside of me. 
And I went to Mike and I said, I cannot wake up at 85 years old and regret my life because I was too sad to live it. So how do I, what do I do? And that was my turning point of realizing I'm always going to have this pain and this ache of missing my kids. But it can't control everything. So what do I do now? And that's when things started to shift for me. Right. And I think that is such an amazing universal message, especially for right now. I, I talk a lot about on this podcast, or I'm going to talk a lot about, this is one of my first episodes because it's just so necessary, I think, for people to hear. And it connects with so many people. I, too, have been in the place that you are where I didn't want to do anything to myself, but I certainly didn't want to wake up in the yeah. morning. I was lifeless and just wow. And the thing that brought me to that point was numbing out the pain. And I think, you know, everyone thinks, oh, well, I'm not, I don't, don't have a drinking problem. I don't have a, whatever the, the, the issue is that people think of as the thing that's numbing out pain. So many people rush their pain under the rug. They look the other way. They won't even invite it in. And what you're saying, I think, is that that's a really critical piece of it. You have to feel that pain. You can't numb it out and push it away. You can't drink a bottle of wine every night, and you can't not have the hard conversations. You really have to just feel it. Wow, what a what a nugget, like how you can feel pain but not the suffering. And you know what I do now? This is going to sound so crazy. When I start being overtaken, like when hard anniversaries come, like we just passed two years of losing the kids, for example, and I was sitting on the floor getting ready in my mirror, and I just was overtaken by this wave of grief that I could feel myself be buried again. And literally out loud, I'm sobbing, I'm yelling. Then I just said, what do you need me to learn? What do you wow. need me to learn right now? So that's become my question in response to these times where it starts coming back really heavily. It's, okay, instead of running away, Ashley, like, you had done for a while, you're going to sit here and you're literally going to ask the question out loud, what is it that I need to learn right now? And just be quiet. And that has shifted so many things for me. So you, in your case, what, what were the things? What did you learn? What were the things you think you needed to learn? I know you're not, you're not all the way on the other side. You'll never be no, on the I'll other side No, I'll never be all the it. way. No. This has forever altered your existence. And, I, you know, I wonder, too, well, first, I want to know the things you learn. And then, you know, second, how are you not angry at, you know, whatever, if people believe in God, if people believe in the universe, how are you not, like, shaking your fist? Because I think a lot of people, they spend their whole lives shaking their fists. Like, I, I did this thing that you asked me to do. And, like, I sacrificed. And then you, then you did this to me? So, first off, you know, what, what is it that you learned? Well, that actually leads in perfectly because one of the first things I learned was about anger for probably the first I don't know two years year and a half I was so mad at the world I was so mad at God I was so mad at the corrupt justice system I was so mad at myself you know as a mom your job is to protect your kids and I felt like because I couldn't do that I was just a worthless piece of trash I was angry and I held on to that anger for a long time. And that anger is what drove every decision in my life. And it, it drove me, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, or I'm going to prove this, or I'm going to 
I'm going to be successful at this to then, you know, show, show them. I'm going to show them and God, I'm not going to talk to you right now because you just destroyed my life and you had the power to make it stop and you didn't. And so that it became this hurricane of just anger. One of the things that pain taught me to back up, one of my questions became, how do you show up to the biggest fight of your life? What do you bring? What do you bring to the biggest fight of your life? There's actually an entire chapter about this in Born to Shine. It's what do you bring to the biggest fight of your life? And I had brought anger because I thought that that's how, how you knock the other side out. Yeah. What I learned is that you show up with love. And that love is the only thing that cannot be taken from you. It can't be bought. It's not fake. It's yours forever and always. And it's the only thing that can sustain you. What I learned about anger is that you can be angry, but the second that anger is gone, you are so depleted and drained because you've given your power away to something else. But with love, you're able to keep your power. It stays. And so that's the only thing that can sustain you. And so when you show up to the biggest fight of your life, it has to be and can only be with love in order for you to have the stamina that you need to keep going. And was that a constant fight or was it one light bulb? You switched on and you were pretty much able, because I feel like for some people it's very hard to to choose love. Just curious, like it was oh, a, no. every day. It was an everyday practice. I started meditating in the morning. I literally will look in my mirror and say different mantras like, I am full of love. I am full of love today. I just had to keep telling myself those things over and over. What's interesting, so during that time, right after we lost the kids, I was so angry. My husband and I started boxing because I just needed to punch things. (laughs) I needed to get it out, and I needed to hit things. So my anger drove us to go boxing every single day. We have a trainer. I just needed to get out that aggression. Literally just last week, I was boxing. And I was hitting the bag really, really hard. And I used to envision different people as the bag yeah. <laughs> <Hey>, <laughs> to get okay. the anger out, if we're going to be honest. <laughs> but last week, okay, so this is over two years after we lost our kids. And I've been learning all these things and just trying to shine again. I'm hitting the bag. And it clicked in my head. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Ashley, you're not hitting the bag hard right now because you're angry. You're hitting the bag. Because you have power. Wow. And it shifted. It was gone. Wow. It was like I can come out because I have a good power inside of me instead of this anger. And so it was a light bulb moment that took, that has taken daily decisions over and over and over again to finally have it transform and just become a part of who I am. And so you're, you're saying getting rid of that anger first. So you almost separated anger from pain first. Then you separated pain from suffering. But I, I love it because you're, you like me, I, I used the tools that I used every tool. You used boxing and therapy. You used the, the support of your husband, which you and I both, you know, we have these really amazing, you know, mates that we chose for our lives that can be that space for us too. And I think, too, like a lot of people, they just, I did it for so many years, festered in the anger and festered in the, it's just so unfair. And I didn't know the tools to grab. 
So finally, I mean, my life like literally almost ended. And I was like, you are just in that total devastating despair. And I just, uh, I was kind of forced into some of the tools, but I just grabbed the tool. Okay, is this working? Grab the tool, keep using the tool. And eventually it fades away. But it's a constant battle. It's a constant boxing match against against it. And for me, and it sounds like for you, I really, I really did have to let go of the, well, this, this certainly isn't fair. I've done all these great things in my life, and, like, this is what my life became. I had to, I had to truly let go of that because that was really halting, halting me moving forward. It sounds like you as well. I mean, who, who, does that, who does this happen to? Who did you have to talk to about that? Who did you, you hear about these injustices all the time, but wow, what a journey. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was so hard. And and I also think sometimes we feel like we should be the ones who are exempt from pain. Yep. We see <laughs> everyone else go through it. And so it maybe makes sense for them yeah. and to you have can be cancer there for them. or for them to right. be div- getting a divorce or for them to whatever it is. But then when it happens to us, I realize that I've I'm now one of them. Isn't that the truth? But what something that has impacted me profoundly is because I am now, I call it being a part of the club of life. <laughs> the only way that you can enter in oh, I love it. is if your eyes are open to this new world that you never wanted to be a part of. But once you're in the club of life, you start being able to see people differently. You're able to see them and what they're going through, and you're able to show up for them in a way that you could never have done before because you wouldn't have understood but now you get it and and when you're part of the club your lenses on life are just so different and it so my pain now has become my privilege I hate the way I had to learn these things but my pain now is my privilege because I get to experience the world on a different level than I would have had the opportunity to had I not gone through what I've gone through. I mean, wow. Yeah. Wow. And you always had a heart for helping people and shining a light, but until you go through those things, you weren't part of the club yet. <laughs> I wasn't part of the club <laughs> Because yet. it's part of life. Disappointments yeah. and failures, they're part of life. I, I grew up in a house where you have to be happy, you know, and, and it was what, it, it wasn't a bad thing, but it was, that's how, that's how things were. And now, gosh, I, I talk about it all the time. Woo! Life. <laughs> Woo! (laughs) Life. (laughs) So, yeah, the club of life. I really love that. And so you now are speaking to the club members (laughs) through books, through social media, through all of these amazing things. I love seeing you on stage, whether it's you or you and your husband, Mike, talking about this, the fight of your lives. Uh, There's nothing that describes it better than that. The fight of your lives. It was the fight of your lives. And what does it mean? Because it's all about shining. So now we've talked about the hurt and the pain and the suffering and how you kind of got through that. But what does it mean to shine? What does it mean to show up for your life and shine? Because I think a lot of times people are like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm shining because I'm positive. But they're masking all the stuff. Right. And they're like, what does it mean for you to shine? And what is that message? Yeah. You know? Oh, I... I'm actually going to have, if you're listening to this right now, I'm going to have you close your eyes. 
So picture yourself in a totally dark space. Just dark. There's no light at all. And maybe feel the feelings of what it feels like to be there. Maybe alone or scared or unsure of what's even in front of you because it's just so pitch black. Maybe it's a little overwhelming because you don't know how you're going to get out of it. But now I want you to reach into your pocket and pull out your phone and turn on your flashlight. And just watch what happens. Your one little light has now lit up an entire room of darkness. And to me, that's what it means to shine. To shine means that no matter how insignificant we feel, no matter how overwhelmed or how buried we feel, that we pull out, even if it's just the littlest, tiniest light inside of us, and let it free, and we start being able to maneuver our way through the darkness again. That's it. And it's not this one big light bulb moment. It's not this one big act of courage or bravery. Just little by little following that inner light that's inside of you and just taking it step by step until you're at a place where your light now has reached and is impacting other people that ins and you're inspiring them to turn their lights back on. And for me, I think there's nothing more powerful than a community of people who are shining together, paving the way for other people now who need the tools to be able to do that too. That's amazing. And you've clearly taken a lot of steps. I love that. You just take the next step just forward. Just take the next step. Toward your light. Maybe you don't know what your light even is or what light is in general, or you're like, well, what... They want a concrete tool from you, and that's what I love about what you do and all these things that you're creating and putting out into the world is you're giving people the tools. You're, you're going to eventually, like everyone's going to have the tools. But, you know, for the people that are listening now that maybe the, the trauma, they can't even put their finger on. Maybe they're 22, 24, 26, and they feel like all their friends have everything figured out and are married, and they're just like, they hate their job. They feel like they're living for the weekends. <laughs> they feel despair. They feel like they, they want to partner. They can't find some, They don't know who they are. People are disappointed in them. Maybe it's that. And, what you know, taking one step, it's, you're, I like it how you just said it's not a light bulb moment. I think a lot of people think, especially they see you, they see you on the stage writing the books, having it not, you know, figured out, but, like, they see you on the other side. They're like, well, of course, she was born like that, you know? And, right, and something that we've tried to show, there's a video on my Instagram that actually went viral, and we weren't even trying to capture it. We were going to film something else, but you see me sitting on a bed, and I literally, it was the second year anniversary of losing our kids. I didn't want to get up. I couldn't stand up, and you watch my husband, Mike, literally lift me from the bed and hold me and... And we put that online because a lot of times we see the things people are writing the books or they're speaking on the stage or they got this job promotion and they do, right? But that doesn't just happen. It comes from knocking, being knocked over and keep standing back up. And, and so for those of you who are like, well, what do I even do? What do I even do to take the next step? 
what I always say, and I do this literally every single day. I have a whole practice that I do every single morning so that I know what to focus on my day so that I feel less overwhelmed. But literally right now you can go get a piece of paper and in the middle of the paper, I just want you to write your intention for your life right now. Yeah, we did it. That's all I want you to do is go write your intention for your life right now. And maybe that is going to take a second to figure out and that's okay. But once you know what that intention is, I want you to put a box around it. And then I want you to put, we'll do eight other boxes around it. And now I want you to fill those boxes with the actions that you need to do that will bring you to that one focus of what your intention is. Circle your top three, and that's what you need to focus on. And you need to be okay with letting other things drop. That's it. And you need to focus on those you feel like until you have achieved those, and then you move on to the next one. Then you move on to the next one. I remember when you did this with me, and I felt even when people, I think people a lot of times, they're like, well, you got it. That's easy for you. I hate when people say that. I'm like, whoo, you don't know. You don't know. I was on the streets. Like, not literally, but But you know what? And I mean this in the kindest way possible. I think sometimes we we tell ourselves that about other people because it makes us be okay being comfortable with where we're at. We tell ourselves, well, that's easy for her. Yeah. So I'm not even going to try and I'm just going to be miserable right here. But like we have the same 24 hours in the day. We have the same everything. It's it's about a conscious choice to move forward. And I can't remember what was in the middle. I'm going to go and look at my map and talking about how you are selfless. You literally, you and Mike, let me come to your house. And you were like, what do you, what, do, what can I help you with? And we started this, what do you call it? Clarity mapping. Clarity mapping. We started this clarity mapping. I love it when we end the podcast with a tool because people yes. can like leave with this tool and, and they can not just be motivated or inspired, but they can really take something, do something we've said yeah. and do something. That's what I feel like I want people to take from these. So this clarity mapping, and it made a huge, huge impact on my life. It's the reason that I'm sitting here doing a podcast right now is the clarity mapping that we did that day because I was truly standing in my own way. Procrastination is my is my crutch, and it, it always has been, and it's really terrible. And I was just like listening to – and. I was listening to Oprah's new book, The Path Made Clear, I think it was. And it talked about how uh, the things that are most important to your soul's evolution are the things that have the most resistance. And that was so true for me because, like, this podcast and bringing people like you on it, wow. These are the kind of things that inspire me, that motivate me, that change my life every single day. And I love clarity mapping because it's, it's a step. Like we've been talking today, it's a step. And just take the next step. Hey, she gave you a freebie. She gave you the next step to do. (laughs) So you could do that. Everybody can find a piece of paper and a pencil. (laughs) And just try that clarity mapping. And then so once you feel like you've mastered the things, and that might take you a long time. It took me a few months to master the things and to get here. And I haven't even gotten on to the other, you know, five of them. But it's just, I guess, keeping, okay, circle that one. Got it. Circle this one. Got it. I love that. I love that tool. Are there any other tools that you feel like you can share before we close this podcast? I think that's been one of the main ones to keep me going and to help unbury myself. The other thing that I will add to that is a lot of times for me, for example, I felt like I had watched someone bury me 
So I felt like I was buried alive. And on top of me was pain, grief, sorrow, betrayal, loss, loss of identity, just all these things that made me just feel dead. So what I started doing is I thought, what if it's those things that are on top of me, what if I could somehow like shimmy out from underneath them and somehow stand on top of them? So instead of weighing me down, I'm on the top and they actually serve me. So what I would recommend is any of, choose even just two things that you feel buried by right now. I want you to write them out and then make a list of how they could actually serve you in your life. Maybe your pain is going to help you connect to someone else who's going through the same thing and you can reach out or volunteer or find a nonprofit or something. But just an example of the, instead of being buried, how can they help you rise? And, wow. And then be able to use your pain for your power because that's the starting point of when your pain can turn into your power. That's amazing. What an amazing nugget and tool. So whether it's a health diagnosis or something, you're standing on top, maybe that will make you find another layer of health. Maybe you start exercising or eating healthier, feeling better. Maybe uh, it's, that's so amazing. And now like, look at, look at what you're standing on. You're standing on, I have a book in my hands for all those of you listening and who cannot see it. It's really amazing. Wow. You're standing on this. You're standing on a book that literally will check. I, I said this in my forward. This book will change your life. That's the six words that I can, I can leave with about this book. I'm not saying this because I know Ashley. She's my friend. I'm not saying it because she's on my podcast. I'm saying because this book will change your life. It's not entertainment. It's not going to motivate you. This book will. It's, it is so deep. Like it's in my soul. After I read it, it's there. It lives there. I think about it all the time. And I can't wait for the first week of October when Born to Shine will come out. Wow, what an amazing gift to all the people listening to this, all the people that will read that book. And just like you, you're an amazing, amazing light. And I love a light that talks a lot about their darkness, too. Thanks, a lot of people are still in the darkness. I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. Will you tell people where they can find you and follow you? Obviously, everybody reading this has to pick up this amazing book. Yeah, you can pick up the book now actually on pre-order on Amazon. It's Born to Shine. Amazing. And I love the best place to come interact and be a part of our tribe is on Instagram. You can just find me at Ashley K. Lemieux. And then my website is theshineproject.com. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. Thank Woo, you. This is, this is my fave. This is my favorite one. You're, this was just amazing. So thank you guys so much for listening to Living Fully today. What an episode. So look below in the show notes. I'm going to link all of Ashley's, her website, her social medias, where you can pre-order the book. And thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for joining us on Living Fully with Mallory Irvin. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single minute of encouragement and inspiration to live your best life. Want more? Join us on MalloryIrvin.com so we can connect with you on Instagram and YouTube. Start living your life now. You've only got one. We'll see you next time.